The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. Okay. Well, just for the record, we got a sun in Phoenix, too. 52 to... Everyone and welcome to the Sunny in Phoenix podcast, a weekly podcast where we keep you up to date on everything Phoenix Suns basketball. My name is Charlie Erling, and as always, I'm joined by Mitch Krumpetich. I don't know about you, but I feel good. Oh, I love it. I think we really got that cleaned up, and that's going to be part of the podcast for the next seven years as well. <laughs> and it's nice because it's genuine today. Well, hey, about the Suns, at least, aside from feeling sick, uh, I do feel good about the Suns. Yeah. Um, me and you, the podcast injury report has been rough over the last month or two, similar to the <laughs> it Suns. Has. Yes, it has. We're all banged up. All right. This week on the episode, though, we'll be talking about. You know, maybe we are the best team in the NBA after this uh, <laughs> after this nice little four-game winning streak. Uh, then we'll talk about the returns of Chris Paul and Cam Johnson, little Matt Ishbia, the new owner. We'll talk about him a touch and the trade market. It's funny because uh, our last episode was titled something along the lines of uh, Suns continue to slide into 12th seed because that's what happened the last time we recorded literally less than a week ago yeah and now this episode is probably going to be called are the suns the best team in the nba (laughs) (laughs) so yeah it's uh we've got a lot of swings here but uh speaking of swings shout out to our bet question from last week uh the tide has turned we were guessing Cam Johnson points against Charlotte. I guessed 20. Chuck, you guessed 14. Cam Johnson had 24 points, and I believe 19 of them were in the first half. So uh, I, I ran away with that one, and I now lead the season 5-4. to four. Um, Also, shout out to friend of the show, the man who needs no introduction but gets a very long one anyway, the man who is going to trivia tonight. Josh Cranwetter, at Josh Cran on Twitter. He was the closest from the listeners, so shout out to Josh. He's on a little bit of a hot streak right now. And he also got back from a cruise, and he told me it took him about a day to get his land legs back. Ooh, did he barf over the edge? No, I don't think he did. Oh, okay. He did did eat at, uh, I believe, both of the Guy Fieri restaurants, though, so pretty close. Ooh! (laughs) Oh, Man, just to, I'd like to go hang out with Josh. 
He's doing on, it right. He is. I, I would love to go hang out with him on a cruise especially. And he's a gold chain guy. Did I hear that? He, yes, he is a gold chain guy. That's oh, exactly right. Man. Yeah, we need to make a little trip to go visit Josh. Or yeah. maybe Summer League? He Well, so he asked me about Summer League a while back. And I said I, I can't think of my schedule that far ahead at this point. But um, not, to, not to rub it in or anything, but I will be seeing Josh in about a month. Um, I'm going to be in LA for a conference. LA. Yeah. LA. So I will be seeing him. Uh, yeah, about a month from now. So, oh. um, yeah, maybe if you want to pop over, you can. I might, but <laughs> maybe summer league, the boys. Maybe summer, I know. Yeah. We do need to start thinking about it. Maybe we'll see. Okay. Let's get into the episode though. And let's talk about this little hot streak that we're on. So four game winning streak. That's the third time we've been on this long of a winning streak all season. And a big part of this is getting a couple guys back in Cam Johnson and Chris Paul because we saw, we've seen what Cam has been doing in a hurry since returning to the lineup. It has been such a relief. Um, I want to give a shout-out to – got to figure out who did this. Um, you sent me the – the video of Mikhail Bridges' reaction to all of the the injured players coming back, and it's the <laughs> the final scene or one of the <laughs> final scenes from Lord of the Rings when Frodo yeah. wakes up and Gandalf's there and everything. Uh, shout out to user Hi on Reddit. That was hilarious, and I think that was very accurate as to what it was like. Um, Mikhail has got some relief, and he's been playing very well as he's slowly starting to get this relief. So uh, it's been very nice to have a uh, somewhat healthy team. Right, and Mikhail on a nice little streak of 20-point-plus games there. I think it was four or five, but uh, Mm -hmm. came up a little short, only had 18 last game. So uh, Mikhail definitely stepped up as a scorer. Uh, I know I had a little bit of gripe about him last episode or maybe two episodes ago, but uh, the the consistency has really stepped up for him lately, and he's just been getting buckets and playing that defense that we like to see too. Yeah, yeah, nothing to complain about from him. He has been very good. Um, and and it's just wild. I mean, we're we're above five hundred again, and. Just just like I said, like we were the 12 seed and we moved all the way up to the five seed for a second and now back to the seven seed. But all of these teams are separated by like half a game. So the West is I actually think the West maybe isn't quite as strong this year. Uh, Just overall, the good teams are very good, but the, the middle of the pack teams, including us, are it's just up for grabs. It's anyone's uh, anyone's conference, really. Yeah, and I'm just really happy that we're back in the top half of this mix now because yes. uh, spirits were pretty low there for a while. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the 12 seed, that was just so hard-hitting. And then all of a sudden, you know, we go on this little streak. And uh, another part of this streak, though, it's just – 
it has to be so nice for everybody else on the roster when Chris Paul's back on the court. Yes, and playing like himself, too. I think this is the best Chris Paul has looked all season. He looks more under control. Um, I'm just really hoping he can maintain his health. I think that's going to be the biggest question for him for the rest of the season. Yep, true. And, you know, as a leader, uh, he had to sit there and watch his guys struggle for weeks uh, without him, without Book, everybody else banged up, too. Uh, yeah, you got to think that he takes pride in coming and riding the ship a little bit, and he's definitely on par. He's, he uh, well, yeah, that's right. He definitely does. He even said in his post game interview the other night, uh, he said, "I hate watching basketball." Uh, like that's that's a great way of putting it because he just yeah. wants to be out there so badly. That's kind of funny if you think of him like everybody pegs him to be a future coach. How long will that will he have to be, you know, if he plays for a few more years, man, which he maybe could. Who knows? Mm-hmm. I don't know. He's it's going to be tough for him to hang it up and start coaching, though, is what I kind of foresee. Uh, I agree. Oh, yeah. No, I think he's kind of like a Brady situation minus the championships, I guess. But yeah, just playing forever and having a hard time giving it up. Yeah, and you know, maybe he finds a role in some organization. Maybe it's the Suns where, you know, he's he pretty much practices with the team, but he's a coach. Yeah, yeah. Some that guys nice. do that, you know, more like the player development type coaches. But, uh, right. you know, I could see Chris doing something like that, no doubt. Oh, yeah. Probably not in New Orleans, though. Probably not, no. It's no. so weird how much they hate him. That, it's, anyway. that is weird. It's right. OKC. I can see OKC. Uh, there yeah. are some pretty fond feelings between. Oh yeah, for totally. sure. Or us. I think that'd be cool for him to stay here in Phoenix. Absolutely. I yeah. And having I don't know the bond that he has with Book and even Monty and. Yeah. Yeah, that, that could be cool. Oh yeah, I I'm sure we'd welcome him with open arms. We'll we'll see how we handle that uh, partially guaranteed contract next week. Well, well, yeah, that, that's a good point. Yeah, uh, yeah, that that will be fun to see how that goes down. For we'll sure. see how new owner Matt Ishbia handles that partially guaranteed contract. Right, and some news about Ishbia. It sounds like he will definitely become the owner. Have everything properly transferred to him before the trade deadline and. Uh, the tweet from, I think it was Woj and Baxter, was that? Uh, yeah, I think so. I, I think Baxter Holmes was the first one on this one. Okay, so it sounds like uh, within two weeks, which means that would be the day before the trade deadline at the absolute latest. So who knows what that exactly means, but hopefully it means uh, a trade will be coming by then. And that's plenty of time. One day, a day is plenty of time in the NBA. <clears throat> you know how many mortgages that guy sells in a day? Exactly. He'll he be fine. Trade. Yeah, and <laughs> I mean, we know that a lot of teams wait until the eleventh hour to to actually make a decision on things because they want to see what the best possible return could be. So, no, I'm definitely hoping he has more than one day. But the fact that 
it, it could happen <clears throat> February 8th or earlier is very encouraging. For sure. And then on the topic of trades, let's talk about a little of the news that we've been hearing that, you know, regards the Suns and Rui Hachimura was recently traded to the Lakers and the Suns were kind of connected to him for the last few weeks now. And, you know, the guy goes for Kendrick Nunn and three second round picks. And you think, yeah, I mean, first and foremost, go Zags. But that was so disheartening to me. I just think about, like, how little that is for the Lakers to give up. And Rui would be a player that would fill a role for us. I know he's not, like, the most amazing player, but he he's pretty fine, you know? And we could do with pretty fine right now. I so, think he'd be a perfect replacement for Jay. If that could have been uh, Jay in three second-round picks... I would have been just fine with that. Yes. No, I, I would have too. I think that would have been amazing. Um, yeah, it's just very frustrating that the Lakers got him for less than what you just described. Kendrick Nunn has been awful. Yeah. So, yeah, that's... I was pretty frustrated by that. Um, I mean, this is all the rumor mill, but people are saying James Jones is kind of difficult to trade with and you know he would rather stand pat than have to compromise and i mean who knows how true that is i think it's definitely more complicated than that but i don't know this this was just a disheartening trade when i saw that i was like wow we could have offered more and or not even offered more. We could have offered something very similar or less than we were thinking we would need to offer to get uh, a full-on Jay Crowder replacement. So, frustrating. Yeah, and apparently we were in a three-team trade that would have brought him here that was pretty similar to that whole situation, but it sounds like the Suns were the ones that wouldn't make it happen. With, uh, so, I who knows? But... Then we heard some stuff just today that in this trade for Jay, the Suns want two of these three things. One, a Jay Crowder-like player. Two, a first-round pick. Three, a young player. That makes zero sense. but That's not going to happen. That's not going to happen, but that's you know what you start the negotiation with, I suppose. Yeah. And I, I mean... I'd trade a Jay Crowder like player for Jay Crowder straight up right now. Yes. Undoubtedly. I, mean, I think the reality is we're not going to get a first round pick no matter what. So cross that off the list. Uh, a Jay Crowder like player, yes, that is probably realistic. A young player, I don't know about a young player. Maybe, maybe one of those two. Maybe a young player like a, someone who really isn't panning out. You know, it probably won't be anyone who has a whole lot of potential. So I don't know. I mean, the the thing I keep hearing, the name that I keep seeing thrown around that I despise is Grayson Allen. Hmm. Please, no. Please. I would rather Jay sit the rest of the year than trade for Grayson Allen. Yeah. I just don't see the fit either with, you know, Shamit and Damian Lee and even... Dwayne Washington, who Grayson is better than, I hate to even say. But, I mean, yeah. we, we have enough depth of the backup two guard. Uh, he's not a great ball handler. 
He's not going to play the three much, even though I guess Damian Lee plays a little bit of the three. Uh, I, I just don't like it. And the guy's a dick. Let's just be yeah. honest. No, no <laughs> right. one wants him on the team. Right. I don't know if he has any beef with any Suns players. I don't. I don't think he's pulled any cheap shots on any of us that I can think of. But ah, uh, just There's kind of plenty a bad, of time. <laughs> yeah, but. Yeah, that would be a bad look bringing in Grayson Allen for Jay. Yeah. yeah, and he's just not good. All the extracurriculars aside, I don't want him. No, so like, Jay was a fine fake tough guy for us. That, right. I don't. Yes. I don't need Grayson Allen trying to f- fill that role. Right. I know. So. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they Here, say the. They say the Bucks are interested in Jay, but who else would they even be willing to give up? Yeah, that that's what the interesting thing is, and that's where a three-team trade just seems to make sense. Yeah. Uh, something has to come from somewhere else if they want Jay that bad. I, I don't yeah. think we're out here hunting for first-round picks either. I mean, No, no. We know James Jones doesn't really like the draft that much. Right, and... I think we even heard some news that we would be willing to trade our first round pick for an upgrade as well. So, yeah, I, I don't see a ton of want or need for more first rounders. Uh, but, you know, at some point in the near future, some cheap contracts that are under our control for up to four years might be pretty nice. Yeah. So, yeah, either way. So, yeah, I don't know. And then we've heard those rumors that the Heat were interested. We've heard the rumors that maybe Charlotte. I mean, all all uh, Gumbo has shut a lot of those down already. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, who knows? Right. Uh, someone said we, we had interest in uh, the future post-Chris Paul of bringing <laughs> yeah. in guys like Fred Van Vliet, uh, Terry Rozier, and who's the other one? Quickly. Uh, oh, Emmanuel Quickly, yeah. Yeah. I I don't know where that came from, but it just no. it doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. Though I will say, Quickly has a great nickname. IQ is a really good nickname. Yep. He was blessed so. with great initials. Yes, great initials. So to go from CP to IQ does sound like a fairly natural transition, but... Other than that, not really yeah. interested. No. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready to uh, probably ride out Chris Paul for one more year after this before I start getting too worried about it. Yeah, I know it. I mean, he's definitely not going to be what he was when he first got here, but it's a better option than any of those guys. Yeah, but then if you think of those guys as uh, campaign upgrades for the short term... That's sure. a little more interesting sure. for sure, but yeah. But old Gumbo did have a good point. You you can't, uh, you know, those guys. You you have to hide them on defense to some extent a lot of the time. Yes. So I don't know. I'd I'd like a bigger, more athletic point guard to pair with Booker. In the you know defense. who would be great is Tyrese Halliburton. Oh wait, we could have drafted him and we didn't. Nope. We didn't, but we drafted yeah. Jalen Smith, and Jalen Smith turned into Tory Craig twice. <laughs> and Jalen Smith is teammates with Tyrese Halliburton in Indiana. 
Dude, I think Sticks is finding the bench. He, he when he signed his deal this offseason, he was told that he was going to be the starting power forward for the Pacers, but uh he's he's picking up some DNPs lately. Oof, big oof. Yeah, so yeah. Uh maybe the trade for Tory Craig is positive. <laughs> maybe. maybe we're all maybe. just uh, well, a year or two away from really learning. Well, yes, but I just I wish we had Tyrese Halliburton instead of both of them. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, that's probably fair to say. Yeah. Yeah, but whatever. Yep. Hindsight is twenty twenty, and sometimes foresight is twenty twenty. But there's no use being stuck in the past. That's true. All right, that hits about all the trade targets that we've been hearing about lately doesn't it i think so yeah okay i i know we've been uh, coming up quite a bit on the old twitter sphere so we'll just leave it there let's talk about last week's games and we get to talk about three wins which hasn't happened in a long time so we'll start with the pacers and in this game they were missing halliburton to their defense yeah but we did take the win 112 to 107 Always nice to beat the Pacers, since that's friend of the show, Josh Cranowetter's team. Um, never will be uh, upset about beating the Pacers. Uh, yeah, I mean, oh, this this was the Josh Okogie game. That's right. Josh Okogie with 24 points to lead the team. Yes, yeah, sir. pretty sweet. Earning it from the line, too. 11 yeah. for 15 from the line. And 10 rebounds for the 6'5 guy and four blocks. Yeah. Wow. Oh, he has been so nice to have, you know, we didn't need him at the beginning of the year all that much. And then through all these injuries, he got forced into playing some huge minutes, realistically, just a ton of minutes. And he's Mm -hmm. stepped up most games. I mean, as a scorer, too, not just a defender or a hustle guy, but he's been getting some buckets every here and there. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, speaking of hustle as well, Bismack Biombo, 16 rebounds, 12 points. That was a nice game for him. Beautiful. Busy's in the top 10 for blocks per game. <laughs> I love that. And he plays not even 20 minutes per game. So Yeah, and I love that, like, when he blocks a shot, he's not just blocking it. Like, he wants to obliterate it. Yeah. Oh, who did he have this one on? Uh, was it maybe Plumley in the Hornets game? But mm-hmm. it, it was a big boy, and he was just shooting a baby hook, like, right at the rim. And he probably yeah. thought no one in the world was going to block it. Right. But Busy just teleports upwards 45 inches and smacks <laughs> it away. Yeah. Like, before it was even possible to be goaltended. Like, it was clearly not a goaltend. Yes. Man. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. And we found out that he calls Mikhail small boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. Okay, that was that Dwayne Rankin? Yes, was it was. Uh-huh. That, that was hilarious. He was interviewing Mikhail, and then Busy chimes in a few times, and there's some back and forth. Go go check that out on Twitter because it's very funny. Uh, if you were worried about the the locker room, seems like the boys are doing all right when it comes yeah. to uh, 
keeping it together through that streak. And I, I want to also give a shout out to Dwayne Rankin. Uh, he he's quite the reporter. Um, I know it was tough when. Uh, oh, who was it before him? Was it uh, Coro Paul Coro? Um, yeah. When he left, I know a lot of us were kind of disappointed. But I like Dwayne Rankin's style. I like the way he connects with the players on just more of like a human level. Um, I've really enjoyed a lot of his reporting, especially this season. So got to give a a shout out to him. And then Kellen is just a goofball and we we love Kellen. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Good old Kellen. He's his tweets make me uh, like shake my head, but laugh. Yeah. You know? uh-huh. I, I appreciate his his game there. Yeah. Oh, totally. All right. So <laughs> Mikhail with 22 in this one on his streak of 20 plus games, 20 plus point games. Uh, just huge for us. And, you know, a couple guys in double figures off the bench. Jock Landale with 10. And 10 rebounds for the double-double. Saban Lee with 12, four assists, four boards. He's been he's been great. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how we don't sign him for the rest of the season. Yeah, I was thinking about that and what kind of uh, goofiness we might have to do to make that happen. Uh, could we potentially bring up Dwayne Washington and sign Saban to a two-way, which would reset. Oh, it would uh, obviously allow Washington to play out the rest of the season, but then Saban Lee would probably have enough games to play out the rest of the season as a two-way player. I don't know yeah. how that works. I, I don't know exactly either. The two-way stuff is is a little tricky, but uh, yeah, I mean that would be great if that were an option. Yeah, that was ticking in the old dome this morning, and I think that I might have just solved uh, world hunger right there, you know? Yeah, there you go. We'll see. (laughs) All right. So, nice W against the Pacers, and then we play the Memphis Grizzlies, who we have just been having. We've been throwing haymakers back and forth with the Grizzlies this year. Yeah, I think we, we spanked them on their home court. They spanked us on our home court. Uh then the next one, or wait, uh, yeah, they slaughtered us twice. We slaughtered them once, and then we snuck out this win by two. Yeah. You know, after being up, what was it, 25, 26 at halftime? Yeah, nearly uh, 30 at points, yeah. Yeah, we just let them right back in, and yep. it was terrifying the entire second half of that game. But it it was two-point win it's a win and we take those and and you know and that's the thing whether you win by two or 30 it shows up the same way in the record book yep so yeah this was it was a terrifying game um i don't know if maybe the the team reads like the opposing team subreddit but i guess the memphis subreddit made a whole thing about how they were playing a Sun, the Suns G League team, and don't worry about anything. And then they got they got beat. So yeah, that's what happens, I guess. Maybe the team read that and said, you know what, let's win this one. Yeah, I mean, 
It, it helps that the Northern Arizona Suns got Chris Paul back for this one, though. Uh, <laughs> he had right. 22 points, 11 assists, three steals, six rebounds in his return. And I don't know if anyone expected him to play 38 minutes in his return, but he did. And, uh, (laughs) you know, don't love that aspect of it, but I am very happy that he came and led us to this win over the Grizz. Yeah, Mikhail also played a lot of minutes, but led the team with 24 points. Uh, He played 40 minutes, so I guess that's what it took. Uh, that's okay. Um, you know, we, I, I'm fine with that happening to Mikhail more than Chris Paul, but right. I still want to be careful. You know, Mikhail is an iron man. He's, you know, he's one of those guys who never sits out, but I just want it to stay that way. Like we don't have to destroy him. Yeah. I'd like uh, to see a sub 30 minute night for Mikhail, like once a week. Or yes. something, maybe. That would be really nice. But uh, we're just not in that position right now. We got to get... No. We have to get everything out of Mikhail every night without Booker. Yeah, and we'll get there. Um, but yeah, I mean, this this game is actually a great example of why the NBA doesn't just come down to the fourth quarter. It may seem like that's what happened here. But the reality is the first half was like the most important part of this game. You know, I mean, the Grizzlies score 18 points in the first quarter, 19 in the second, while we score 32 in the first and 30 in the second. Not like amazing numbers from us, just like very bad for them. Then in the second half, they go off and we are able to just keep it at a nice round 25 in each quarter. So without that first half, this is not even close. So it goes to show the importance of getting off to a good start and having a lead and trying to maintain it. We know no lead is ever safe with the 24-second shot clock. Eddie Johnson reminds us in every single game, <laughs> but it's very true. It is. And in games like this, uh, like a two-point win, it makes you realize how important every bucket was in the game. Because look yes. at Tory Craig, 20 points. Four for six from downtown. Rare 20-point game from Torrey Craig, you know. That that was huge. And then Dario off the bench, 14 points, eight rebounds, four assists, three steals. Are you kidding me? I mean, oh, I, I've had plenty of things to say about Dario, and I feel bad about him now because he's, uh, he's coming back to life right now. And, I mean, in the, the Hornets game, as you called him on Twitter, he was looking like Magic Johnson. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, and this is the thing. I think people people are calling him Magic Johnson at this point. And by people, I do mean me. Yeah. Uh, he's what what he has truly been called is the connector, and I, I think he is really getting back into that role. He's looking more like himself. I think confidence plays such a big role in it too, because. There were times where he wasn't getting a ton of run, even though he was pretty much back to full health. And I don't know, maybe it's just me looking into things too far, but you could almost see that he was down a little bit. Yeah, you could. No, I agree. But now, I mean, how can you be feeling down when you're doing this out on the court? You're 
helping your team win these games on a nice little streak, you know, digging yourselves out of this hole. Yeah. It's it feels good. And I'm uh I'm just really happy that, you know, guys like Dario and Okogi, they've and even Saban Lee, who was yeah, I don't know if he had a job at the time. He was right. probably in the G right. League or something, but uh you know, guys stepping up and helping the team win and just makes everybody feel good and I'm not going to be surprised if, you know, we're going to be without Booker for at least another week. I bet we're still winning games by then, and this is a something turned in this team, I think. Totally. Well, and I don't know about you, but I feel good. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Okay. Bree, did you want me to fill it in? No, no. Okay. I just wanted that pregnant pause. As we <laughs> All right. Let's move it on to the Hornets game. And this one, we could breathe a little easier in this one. Yeah, yeah. The, the second quarter got a little scary. We were up 21 at the end of the first. And uh, you and I were we, were, we were gabbing. We were texting throughout yeah. the game. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I looked back up at the game, and it had gotten real close. I think it was down to 11 or 12. 10, I think, at one 10. point. Yeah. Yeah. They came right back in, but we turned it back on in the second half and uh, won this one handily, 128-97. to 97. Yeah, I'm glad we turned it back on. Uh, they're missing a lot. They're missing LaMelo Ball. Uh, I know I called him LiAngelo last night. I realized I got that wrong later. <laughs> but uh, they're missing LaMelo, and they're missing Kelly Oubre. And, uh, you know, that doesn't help anything. So, yeah. Um, I, I feel kind of bad for Charlotte, but nice to get a nice, relaxing win. Right. And uh, Cam Johnson, he was into that idea, too, because he came out in the first quarter and just absolutely went off. Yes. Uh, ended up with 24 points in only 18 minutes. We didn't, we didn't even have to play him all game, which is yeah. so nice. Uh, nine for eleven from the floor, though six for seven from downtown. Cam was feeling it. He's back. He couldn't miss. Yeah, it's very nice to see him getting back into his groove. Yeah, he's a big part of our scoring. I mean, I I remember I said either maybe last week or a couple weeks ago, like, oh, I don't expect a whole lot of change when he comes back. It's not going to be that impactful. But now we did get Chris Paul back nearly at the same time. But Cam Johnson has made a big difference. Right. Uh, he's someone that the defense definitely has to worry about, and uh, that is just not an option that we really had out on the court for the last month or two. So yeah. when there's multiple guys to worry about, you can just see how how many things that truly opens up out on the court. I want to see him in the three-point mm-hmm. contest. Yeah. He needs to do it. I feel like he... I don't know. With, with his... How smooth he is, it feels like he just he's just built to do a three-point contest. Yeah, yeah, I think he could do really well. And, like, the size, we saw Carl Anthony Towns win a three-point contest. Yeah, that's I right. think being a bigger guy can't hurt. You're closer to the rim. A little bit. <laughs> and probably a little stronger than most, most guards. Yeah. Uh, not saying Cam's a powerhouse by any means, but, yeah, maybe. Yeah, but you do have I to hope. bend down a little lower to pick the ball up off the rack. That, now so, that is true, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, Cam had 24 in this one. Then we have, again, Dario with another big game, 
19 points, 8 rebounds, 3 assists, and a block. And probably the nicest pass I've seen this season from the Suns, which uh, Jock Landale unfortunately blew the assist. Oh my gosh, it was beautiful. Yeah, Magic out there just doing his thing. Magic (laughs) Saric. (laughs) Yeah, he was definitely a highlight. I I love seeing him succeed, so... Uh, yeah, it was. This was a great game. It was a lot of fun. Yep. Chris Paul, fourteen points, five boards, eleven assists, and Jock, despite the missed blown assist, uh, fifteen points, three boards, three assists for him. Three for seven from downtown, which is you know, uh, Jock's been struggling from downtown this year. I, I don't think he's shooting even close to thirty percent at this point. Right. But you still want him to shoot the open three because he has nice yeah. touch. It's, you know, it, it's a, it's obviously a green light for him too because yeah, he he put up seven of them in this game. Well, and in a game like this, it's fine for him to shoot seven threes in a in a blowout like this. Yeah, and man, again, Hornets are banged up and even if healthy, not anything spectacular but i feel like we just had so many wide open shots and looking here wow we shot 50 55 92 for splits (laughs) wow yeah that's tough to beat a team shooting that well 22 for 40 from downtown that's that that is something let's just keep doing that every game every single game yes please all right, let's move it on and talk about this week's games. And uh, we're playing Dallas the day the episode comes out, so we will Ugh. just skip over that. Yes, hope for a Suns W. Let's let's hope. And then for the rest of the week, we have uh, one away game in San Antonio on Saturday. So hopefully a, another W right there. Then we have the Raptors at home Monday and the Hawks at home Wednesday. I'm encouraged. I mean, Dallas is definitely going to be the toughest game out of all of those. But like I said, like you said, we're not going to talk about that one. Spurs, not too worried about that. Um, Could be a little bit of a trap game, but I think we'll be okay. Raptors, uh, that's going to be maybe one of the tougher games, but they're... They're kind of having an interesting season. They're in kind of do-we-blow-it-up mode right now. Um, but this is our bet question game. So we're we're looking at Magic Saric assists <laughs> in in Monday's game against Toronto. Um, I believe I went first last time. So you're up. All right. If you're calling him Magic for real, I got to assume you're going to guess pretty high. <laughs> I'll go three for Dario. Okay. I was going to say four, so I will go with my inclination. Fair enough. So let us know on Twitter at SunnyandPHXPod or over email, SunnyandPHXPod at gmail.com or in the comment section of our YouTube videos, SunnyandPHXPodcast on YouTube. Let us know how many assists you think Magic Sarge will have in... Uh, Monday's game against Toronto. Whoever is closest will get a shout-out on the show and a chance to dethrone Josh. I'll be real. I hope no one ever dethrones Josh. (laughs) Someone will. Someone will. We'll see. We'll see. 
Okay, so yeah, Toronto is just a very weird situation with all. They they play like seven power forwards and one guard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you, we might get beat up by them a little bit. We because, might. Uh, well, Aiton should be back by then. He's been dealing Hopefully. with an illness. I don't think we even mentioned that, but he should probably yeah. be back. Hopefully for the Mavs game. Yeah, but hopefully. We're going to need all of our size against the Raptors uh, for sure. And then the Hawks. I mean, I haven't been hearing much about the Hawks at no. all. No. I mean, aside from trade rumors that uh, John Collins might be moved. But right. other than that, not hearing a ton about the Hawks. Yeah. And uh, it'll be tough to match up with their guards, though. I mean, Trey Young and Murray. That's a mm-hmm. pretty solid backcourt. I don't know if they've quite all figured it out together. Yeah. But, uh, who knows? There's plenty of talent there. That's a That'll be a hard-fought game, I'm sure. That's true. Yeah, that's a good point. But with that, we're going to move to our non-sports section of the show. Our question this week is, what's your grape of choice? Okay. So, I'm not a fancy guy. I thought there were only two types of normal eating grapes. Oh, no, there's a bunch. Yeah. Recently, I had, I don't know what color you call them, but they were dark purple or nearly black. Yeah, yeah. I'd call that a purple grape. A purple grape? Those were the best grapes I've ever had, hands down. Mm, Okay. And, you know, I've probably, like, I've seen them probably before, but I've only eaten white or red grapes 99% of the time. So when I saw that, those bad boys, they almost reminded me of cherries a little bit. Okay. Just a little bit. But Are you talking the, they're kind of long. They're a bit like uh, elongated and they're real dark purple. Yeah. They they look like the, the size or the shape of a white grape, but okay. But pretty big. Okay. Yeah. No, I've had those before. And it's it's definitely different than a red grape. It's a purple grape for sure. Okay. And they're a little bit sweeter, aren't they? They're delicious. Like yeah, when I say they're like cherries, I honestly thought there there was a little it was almost like a hybrid, but I'm probably oh. exaggerating. Huh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, th- those are pretty good. I-, I like a lot of grapes, but for me I'm partial to green grapes. I like anything that's really tart or sour. So I like a nice crisp green grape, and uh, my little life hack is to put them in the freezer. Ooh, it's what kind good. of texture do you get out of that? It's kind of like, uh, like, um, okay, this is going to be a very specific uh, comparison, but maybe you'll remember. So maybe they, I think they still make these. I think I looked this up. I see made these popsicle like push pop type things and it's similar to that texture like it's a little bit uh it's smooth but like a little bit grainy at times but in a good way yeah Hmm. so almost like a popsicle that's probably the closest i could say so it's nice because you're still eating grapes but it's kind of like eating a popsicle wow I need to do that. That sounds like a summary thing to do. Yes. No, and it's great. And this is, I I learned this trick because people do it with wine. Rather than putting ice cubes in wine, they'll freeze grapes. Ah, 
and put them in there. I've seen uh, a frozen bag of uh, like fruit be thrown into a yeah some wine before like a sangria or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I I just thought oh I think I was in high school when I first tried it. I said I'm just gonna throw some of these green grapes in the freezer and see what happens and. Yeah, it's something that I enjoy doing to this day. Wow. You're like a... What's the word? Like a young... what? Who who would work at a gastropub? Like a hipster kind of guy? <laughs> like a food scientist? Oh, yeah, like a... <laughs> I don't know... <laughs> There's a word for it, but it's just uh, it's avoiding me right now. It doesn't want to come. So like a sommelier of sorts. No. <laughs> yeah, a sommelier of uh, frozen like a connoisseur. Yeah. Yeah. Like right. a visionary, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> the more words you say, the further it's going away from. <laughs> oh. Yeah, whatever. Food scientist is probably the closest I'm going to get there, is what I was okay. going to We'll probably think of it later. Later? Uh, yeah, more than likely. And it will definitely be after the show, because this is where the show ends. We thank you guys for tuning in. Let's hope for another little win streak, or to continue the win streak. Let's see a, a seven-game win streak? That gets you into the... That gets you out of the play-in situation, I bet. That'd be nice. Yeah. All right, at Sunny and PHX Pod on Twitter, Sunny and PHX Podcast on YouTube, Sunny and PHX Pod at gmail.com if you want to email us. Thanks for tuning in. Go Suns. Thank you.